I'm Abhay Dandekar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, I'm joined by Shibani Dandekar, the multi-talented singer, actor, model, anchor, and soon-to-be producer. Stay tuned. When I think of the incredible change to our collective culture this past year, it really reminds me of the level setting and foundational gratitude that I've personally experienced. Among the great surprises for me have been the wonderful reconnections and rediscoveries that I've been thankful to make with family and friends, both old and new. While it's been a horrible pandemic that's taken away lives and reshaped our entire global existence, it's also brought an appreciation for not feeling alone and a curiosity to learn more about people and their purpose. Hey, that's the very essence of the show and podcast, right? So as I made this 25th episode, I wanted to catch up with my cousin, Shibani Dandekar, to reconnect and share a conversation. Now, I hadn't chatted with her in a long while, and I was reminded of her intelligent reflection and incredibly kind heart that's been a signature of her versatile career. She's been a singer, an anchor, and host, most notably in professional cricket, a model and an actor, and now soon to be a producer. We talked a bit about her journey and outlook, some of the lessons learned during the pandemic, but we started off by chatting about the basics, how we're actually related. Shivani, first off, more than anything else, I always love it when I get to double the population of Dandekar is on the show, so thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome. We need, to, we need to keep them alive and kicking and strong. And strangely enough, for people that don't know, we're not actually related through... Right. Um, we're not related because... How do I explain this? Well, your grandfather... Sorry, your great-grandmother and my grandfather are brother and sister. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and then my mother married Adandika. And your mother that married to Dandekar, exactly. So we have more of a Karandikar connection than anything else. We do, we do. But then, you know, I ended up being a Dandekar as well. Full circle. That's right. Dandekar power, right? <laughs> and and by the way, you know that, or I, I know this and you know this, but that your your Zoom title comes up as Shimani, that brown girl, which I love. Yeah. Um, yeah. For maybe those who may not know, tell us where that, that kind of tagline came from. It actually, it, it was an idea of... Um, an ex-boyfriend of mine who came up with the hashtag. Um, and I think that it was something that he knew that I felt quite strongly about in terms of just representation, um, just owning your skin color, who you are, uh, something that would be quite maybe powerful and inspiring for the Brown community. Um, and as you may know, my, uh, our sister Anusha has a, a beauty product range now yeah. called Brown Skin brown skin beauty so I think it's something that's that's needed it's a hashtag that I use and strangely enough I mean I I attach it to all of my um whether it's whatsapp or zoom or my instagram and I randomly meet people sometimes who I may or may not know and they call me that brown girl which I find find quite great actually and and quite interesting because it doesn't kind of occur to me that it's there. I know that it's there, but I don't really think about it so much. So when they refer to me as that brown girl, I, I love it because that's that's who I am. Well, it's almost like it's a, um, a great reminder of mm-hmm. not only just the identity, but the empowerment of that feeling of being sort of comfortable in your own skin. And it reminds me of just, again, yet uh, so many challenges that we've gone through this past year such a really trying time for for anyone and and everyone for that matter globally but you know after a year of all this challenge you know what do you find yourself being optimistic about as as you go forward well i think primarily it's allowed us all to take a step back and just kind of reevaluate um just reflect on everything that we have um everything that we can do. I feel like it's it's an opportunity to just take a moment and realize what is important. You know, less is more. What is it that we actually want to do with our lives? Um, we realize that we need a lot less than what we had thought we needed. You know, um, sometimes it takes massive things like this in life to kind of get you to slow down and value what is important. Um, spend time with your family. Um, 
just take a break if needed. I think it's kind of a gift to be able to just start again in a sense. Have, have there been actually like tangible things that you have found? I'm just do I just do this differently now, like post post this era, or have there been any tangible changes that you've made personally? Well, I think for me, balance is now super important. It was something that I was trying to practice even before the lockdown. And I think it just got, you know, just kicked it into like fifth gear after the lockdown happened, because for me, it was always work, 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 work. And while my career and work is still extremely important to me, um, I was kind of functioning from a perspective of I want to work so much that I don't want to have time to sleep. Yeah. I am going to work all year round and I'm not going to plan a holiday because if I plan a holiday and I get offered work during that holiday, I will miss the holiday. Mm. And my managers got to a point where they were like, you cannot function like this. Right. You need to, you need to take some time out for yourself. Um, and I just felt like I didn't need it. And you don't realize the kind of damage that you do to yourself physically and mentally. And when you're forced to take a break, um, and then suddenly you're forced to spend time with the people that you love and your family. Like I see my family so much more now. Um, it just makes you think, oh, wow, this is life. Like I can work and still be a person who has time to go on um, a holiday with her boyfriend or uh, sees her parents on their birthdays. These are really important things. You know, um, and it's something that I think because my career started later in life, it started just as I hit 30. I already mm. felt like I'd wasted a decade. Yeah. Aparna was there with me a lot during my 20s. She was there for the start of me feeling like I am wasting my life. Um, Aparna, for people that don't know, is my cousin, your sister, my sister, um, and one of like my favorite people on the planet. And I remember she was just starting med school when I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. Um, and it was just a decade of not doing anything. And then once you hit 30, you're like, right, I am going to do everything that I can. And now I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm going to do the things that mean something to me. It's not just about accepting every single project so that you can look like you're busy. It's about doing something that means something to you, that gives you that sort of gratification, that makes you feel like you've been fulfilled in some way spending yeah. time with my fulfilling spending time with my dogs at home with my partner with working on projects that really feed me um, and that really make me feel valued and happy is what's important in terms of you know other aspects of what the lockdown has kind of done i was i was a a shopaholic you know i was constantly online buying something and never using it because i don't go anywhere i'm only working yeah. I don't need all of those things. I just don't need it. Yeah. You know, and I don't really want it. I like looking at it, but do I need it with me? No, I don't. You know, I well, and I wonder if this, you know, in some ways kind of reframes what joy means to you, right? That like it, you know, and and that changes as you age also, um whether you're in your 20s or 30s or depending on where you're at in your career, but do you find that you kind of savor moments a little bit more now in that, you know, when you're actually in the moment and you're enjoying something as opposed to anticipating what's next or, or constantly looking for the next step? Is it easier now to appreciate what's, what's there in front of you? Absolutely. I mean, I have spent so much time with my partner in the last year because we've been forced to kind of just be in a house he's away now for the next seven weeks and I miss just playing cards. I, he's not here. And I go to reach for the pack of cards thinking, come on, let's play a game. He's not here. It's like the littlest things. I, I miss just going downstairs with the dogs together. You know, you, you do miss and appreciate the things that are the easiest to do. Hmm. You know, it's not about traveling. And of course, a lot of us miss traveling and the holidays and, and getting away, but, the things that are the most important is that quality time that you spend together and the habits and the patterns and the, the routine that you've created together in this new environment. The little things that you do together that you can now do together, whereas before you get up and you just go on with your lives and you're kind of, you meet at the end of the day. 
And, and those are, you know, what's interesting about that is, is that the things that you're describing are probably the most human qualities that are out there, right? They're completely agnostic of how, you know, prominent you are, how famous you are, how much wealth you have. They're really just basic human interests, right? We really crave to have relationships with each other. We're very social animals. And when mm -hmm. that's there in front of us, we love it. When it's not and it's absent or we're just not paying attention to it, I'm sure it actually is, is something that, you know, we now in this hopefully post, soon to be post-pandemic era, we're going to be, you know, actually thinking a little bit more carefully about. You mentioned that your, you know, your career is not necessarily, wasn't the, the most traditional path or you got started perhaps later than others. H how did you find yourself as an Indian in Australia and perhaps even in the U.S. making your way to this crazy industry that, that you call home right now? To be honest, I didn't plan any of it. I really didn't. Um, I, the story starts with me taking a trip to America, which is where Aparna and I, after being on this planet for 21 years, finally met for the first time, hit it off immediately and have been super close ever since. And that trip was something that was planned by my mother because she was going to Europe with an, with a, uh, you know, family, friends, and the, the girl who is my age in that family wasn't going to be on that trip. So she shipped me off to America. I ended up spending some time in New York and decided that I want to live in New York. So I've gone back to live in New York. I mean, it was just, it was, it was really difficult from the word go. I went to school, I worked, it was really, really tough. Uh, I ended up in London um, after a picture emailed me, Abeksha is, is, for those that are listening, my sister, um, she emailed me and said, listen, there are these producers that want to start an album together. Would you like to come over and record? So from New York, I've gone to London. We've recorded this album. Once the album is ready, two years later, we've decided let's do it with our other sister who lives in India. So let's just go there. So I've gone from New York to London to India. And it's just been such an uphill battle the entire time. Mm. I've had the most broke days, days where I don't know really where I'm going. What am I doing? What is this path that I'm following? What is it that I'm actually doing with my career? We get to India to be this girl band that also doesn't do well. <laughs> but it's a great opportunity for me to spend time with my sisters because we haven't done that in a while. And from there, I get a call just before my 30th birthday to host a new show that's about to start. By this point, I had been auditioning in India every single day, you know, taking a rick rickshaw to Andheri and doing the, the you know, the, the list the, of auditions. Andheri grind, as they say, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was getting me nowhere. I maybe banked like maybe one commercial. And then I took off to Bangkok to a friend's house for a very short trip with the last drop of money that I had in my account. And I got a call from an agent saying, please fly back and do this audition because we really feel like you're going to get the show. And I'm like, I'm so broke. I cannot fly, fly back. Yeah. Um, I managed to make it happen. I was the last girl to audition. It was a really well-paid hosting gig, especially for that time. And I got the job and it just changed my life in a, in a second. Because by the time I finished shooting that show, the next one was on offer before I finished shooting that one. The next one was on offer before I finished shooting that one. I got the IPL and the rest is history. And it was just like, this is so bizarre. Mm -hmm. My entire twenties were a struggle. And now I am a working human who is so busy right. and I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Um, well, and, and with that, did, um, you know, do you think that as you went through those steps, were there particularly barriers that that you found yourself, you know, struggling with because of the industry and its um, barriers for women or, you know, for yourself in being uh, uh, an Australian, for that matter? You know, were there the, some of those challenges that that you had to try and overcome that, you know, now looking backwards were actually lessons that made those next steps that much uh, harder or easier? You know what's crazy? I don't feel like I've ever faced issues 
gender-wise. Mm. I know that sounds insane to say. I don't feel like I've ever faced anything racially when I was in Australia. Yeah. The racial barriers for me. I don't feel like I faced that in New York. I don't feel like I faced that in the UK. And work-wise in India, I haven't felt it yet. Mm. The only time that I would say that it was something that was obvious to me and maybe obvious to me because I had never felt it before is when I was doing the IPL, um, I felt as though from a, from a channel perspective, the channel that I worked for, there was a lot of emphasis on what I was wearing more than what I was saying. Right, right. But I never faced it with anyone on the cricket field, anyone that was a part of the commentary box, anyone that was a part of uh, IMG that was organizing it. It was, I only really felt it when people would say, well, what are you wearing today? And I like your dress. And it's like, but are you listening to what I'm saying? Right. Because I'm studying hard for this. Like I'm reading the paper every day. I'm speaking to the stats guy every morning before a game. I'm watching the other games that are happening. I'm taking in the knowledge. I'm trying to use it when I'm presenting on the field the next day. So, and I would probably say that I know that in the scheme of things that may seem minor in terms of what maybe a lot of other women have gone through. Sure. But what felt what made it feel a little bit more important than that was the fact that we had male co-hosts that I don't feel were ever kind of made to feel that way in a sense. And again, you know, even if somebody asks me what I'm wearing and let me see a dress and love, it didn't really matter to me. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. I'm, I'm figuring out what I'm going to say. If you want to see my dress, see my dress, you know, it wasn't some so. That's the only time I've really faced any kind of barriers in terms of gender. Um, and I'm very grateful for that because I know how difficult it is out there. I know how tough it is. And that's not to say that I won't go through it in the future. Um, but I haven't really had the experiences that I hear other women have had. Um, and do you, do you wonder if, that's, if that has something to do with... Um, your own kind of story and background in that this was something that you came to perhaps a little bit later and perhaps as someone who was not necessarily born and raised in India. Did, and, mm -hmm. and for that matter, have your experiences in that way, has that changed the game a little bit for those who are coming after you? So the next woman who is actually set to do something with IPL, um, hopefully may not have to answer some of those questions. Yeah, see, look, I also accepted that a lot of it was, it's, it's part of the job, right? In a sense that you do need to look a certain way, I'm sure. Yeah. Right? Um, but I think also, it also boils down to how much emphasis is placed on that. Hmm. I don't mind looking a certain way and, and, you know, presenting yourself in a certain manner on the field, but I also want to be heard. I also want people to know that I am intelligent and I, I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm saying and I'm really trying yeah. to do something that I've never done before, which is live uh, sports, com uh, sports presenting on the field with cricket, with a new format that I wasn't super aware of. I'm okay if both go hand in hand. I don't want the focus to just be on the one thing. I do feel like my experiences may be different, maybe because I was a bit older when it happened. Mm. Uh, in the sense that I already was very quite comfortable with who I was. Right. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm pretty okay to just ignore that part of it and just carry on with what it is that I need to do. But do I need to ignore it is another question. But, you know, these are things that wouldn't necessarily bother me when it was happening. Right. Because I was so preoccupied with what it is that I need to do. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. We'll take a quick break, but then come back to our conversation with Shibani Darndekar. Stay tuned. Conversation. It's the antidote to apathy and the catalyst for relationships. 
I'm Abhay Dandekar, and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians so everyone can say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, this is Vidya Balan, and you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Hi, I'm Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal, and you are listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Shibani Dandekar. As now you're looking back at, at the variety of different you know, roles you've had, right? You've, you've done um, work as an anchor, you've done work as a, a singer and an, and an actor and an entertainer. Is there so far, especially as you've gone through some of these uh, roles and the versatility that's involved with them, and in fact, the study that's involved with them, is there one that you tend to enjoy the most? And by the way, I asked that question mainly because you mentioned that, you know, your the the highlight of it is not just necessarily your external presentation, but the content of what you're presenting and the intelligence yeah. behind it. So, so is there one of those that that actually tends to bring you that much more joy because of that? I would say the joy level is probably the same. Mm. Um, in terms of what I'm used to and what is comes easier to me are things like presenting and singing because I've been doing it for so long. The acting space is still quite new. It's new territory for me. I really enjoy the process. It's like picking one of your children when you say which one is the favorite. And I feel like, I feel like, and I don't have children, but I can say that on different days, you like, you know, you like one child better on days. Yes, Um, very much so. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Um, there are days where I just feel like music is all I want to do. There are days where I'm working on an acting project and I'm just kind of absorbed by how um, new this is for me and what a sponge I feel like I am just taking it all in and how much I love the process because you're doing something that you haven't done so often. Whereas the presenting is something that comes so naturally to me and I'm so used to it that there are days that I'm grateful that I'm just able to show up at work and just not even have to think about it and just go for it. So it's definitely different. Um, I think currently what is really, really enjoyable for me is the creation part, you know, the, the creating something. Um, And from, you know, from conception to just seeing where it goes, just that journey that trajectory is so interesting to kind of watch and be a part of when you're a part of every single step. Um, and I watched, I think the biggest lesson for me is when, when I started uh, dating Farhan, it, he was just about to um, get working on Tufan. Mm. Uh, I think that happened maybe six or eight months later. And I've kind of watched him from the time that he had this story idea to where this project is now about to be released. And I've watched him every single step of the way be so involved in the process of it. And I find that so exciting because at the end of the day, you're left with this piece of art that you have basically put your blood, sweat and tears into and how gratifying and fulfilling that is just to watch for him to feel must be on another level. And and I want that. Like that is something that I aspire to do. And I'm again, when we talk about things in the lockdown that we're grateful for, if Farhan hadn't been at home working on, you know, the post of Tufan in a sense. Right. Um you may not have seen that process. He would have been at the office doing it. I wouldn't have been hearing phone calls. I wouldn't have been watching edits with him. I wouldn't have been hearing the first scratch for certain songs. Um, and just being by default a, p- a part of watching that process was so much learning. Yeah. And it was really a step um, in the right direction for me in terms of what I want my future to be, which yeah. is kind of great because we had just started working on the show that we're working on. And I, simultaneously, I'm watching him working on this movie and I'm just learning. Yeah. And that was great. You, you know, it, it brings up a, a very interesting question for me in that 
as you've gone through this experience and you've seen the production process and, and you've gone through so many different roles and your versatility as an entertainer and as an artist has, has blossomed in that way, is it possible to live in and work uh, with art as a performer um, and produce it and share it with others very successfully as sort of a craft, right? Um, mm. Or even with like great precision without necessarily all the ills of celebrity that come with it, right? I mean, is it impossible to be successful without being saddled with all the expectations of being a prominent public figure? I think that really depends on you in a sense, you know? I mean, you, you can't deny that when you reach a certain level of success that the celebrity will come with that. Um, because that's actually what celebrity means, right? People know you for the work that you have done. Right. Whatever that work may be. Um, now, if you're one of those artists that likes to kind of stay in the background, um, I'm sure that you can still do that, but your work will be at the forefront of it all. And if that's doing well and that's successful, then people want to know more about you. So mm. it kind of goes hand in hand. How you choose to, I think, handle your celebrity is a completely different ball game. Are you one of those people that's on a platform constantly, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But if that's how you to handle your celebrity, that's how you choose to handle your celebrity. If you're one of those that kind of wants to just do interviews now and then, uh, maybe do panel discussions now and then, uh, maybe just appear at, at events every now and then, I think you it's up to you, your management team, your PR team, for you to kind of navigate how you want to be in this public space. Right. Um, and, and without necessarily compromising the content or the magnitude of your art and your performance. For sure. And I feel like there will be a lot of people out there that will try to guide you in terms of what you should do now that you've reached this level right. and where you should be and how you should be. And I feel like you just need to keep it as organic and as natural as possible and do what works for you because ultimately people are going to like you when you're real. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah, and I also think that it's okay along this journey for people to like you and then not like you because you're gonna grow. I'm very different to what I was when I was uh, working on the IPL. When you see me on the IPL, you think that I am like this, maybe my perception of it is, is that I'm this bubbly, fun, um, very new, uh, this this very, you know, fun kind of persona that I have. Almost there, like a is, naive energy. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't deny there was. Yeah. But I was also thirty years old then. I'm forty one now. I will yeah. have had to have found myself a little bit more. Um, right. I've and I've gone through phases. You know, I've gone through phases of who I am and what I want to put out there and what I want to be in that phase is now something completely different sure um i went through a phase where there was only like a lot of like you know model type photos on my instagram just posing and shooting with every single photographer i'm i don't feel like i want to do that anymore yeah um i feel like now i want to really put my head down and do some really important work whether it's in the social space or whether it's in the professional space yeah. um and I you're allowed to grow, you're allowed to change, and people are allowed to go on this journey with you. They're allowed to get off the bus whenever they want to and move on to someone else, and that's okay. Yeah, That's really okay. So yeah, I think it's about how you kind of project yourself in a sense and what, how it is that you want to be. There, there are no rules that you have to follow. People will think that there are and that you should have a PR person and that you should be on social media and you should do, there are so many rules of what you should do. Right. But there are artists out there that I mean like a Ranbir Kapoor who's just not on social media at all mm. it's great yeah how great might life be you know what I mean that's awesome well really I mean you know in, in that way let me ask you this because you you know you you mentioned that there's really no um right answer to to that formula right as an artist or an entertainer it's still at some point all about how your own personal brand is developing and evolving. So is it important to um, have coaching? Is it important to coach yourself? Is it impo important to have mentors out there or for you for that matter to um, support the mentorship of others behind you? Because you know most other 
groups or professions who are trying to continually perfect their art or their craft, they have a process for this. And maybe mm-hmm. in those who are creating and those who are in this kind of space, um, there might might not be. So how do, how do you reflect on that a little bit? Well, I mean, when I think sometimes when you just get kind of thrust into this industry without even realizing that this is what you're going to do, there's very little time for coaching right. and mentorship. Yeah. Right. You just, oh, I'm like with, with what happened with me. Suddenly, I one day I was trying to be in a girl band and the next day I was, oh, what's going on? Yeah. I think the big lesson is when you're on this journey and you're kind of figuring it out for yourself. Mm. I think it's okay to make mistakes. I think it's okay to learn along the way. I think it's great to have a mentor. I think it's great to get advice from people and watch other people's journeys and see how they're handling it. But ultimately, the greatest gift comes from you figuring things out from for yourself. They don't always, you don't have to be programmed to do things a certain way because somebody is telling you. I feel like I've made some mistakes. I feel like I've done a lot of things, right? And I feel like the only way for me to kind of really go through that process was to go through that process. And sure. no, oh, it worked. this didn't work. I really need to be careful that I don't do this again. Uh, this was great. I need to do more of this. Right. And you find your mentors along the way. Those can also change as your journey grows yeah. or, you know, progresses. Um, I, I find that I look to a lot of like international hosts as mentors when I was doing the whole hosting space. Um, I feel like Beyonce is a massive inspiration for me in the music space only because of just, not just because of what a beautiful singer she is, but just like musically, what a genius she is in terms of everything that she kind of conceptualizes, creates and puts out there. Um, And then now, you know, during this entire uh, me creating shows and and trying to do work in in that kind of space, I couldn't have a better mentor than the one that I have at home. Yeah. You know, it's so it 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 changes and you learn and absorb so much from just watching other people. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that I feel you can do and I try to do a lot and I, I really hope that I help is to help the ones that are starting after you. Yeah. I feel like that is so important. They may not ask for it. Um, they may ask for it. I feel like it's so important to offer that help. Um, and guide people that are also doing this for the first time. Um, and also more than guide them, just support them. Right. Just your presence. Yeah. Just other women tell them that they're doing great. Um, watch their shows and reach out and let people know that they have performed well when they have, Yeah. you know what I mean? Be there to help promote their shows, show up for them at events. And, and I, I feel like that needs to also come really naturally, not just as something that you have to do as part of the process. But for me, I really like doing that. I really want to do that for people because I think it's important to encourage them. I don't, I feel like the industry is portrayed as such a competitive environment. Mm. Try to pit people off against each other, especially women. Yeah. It, it's important to let them know that there is enough room for everyone. Right. Is that a motivator? For, for you to, to really sort of like build this and, and especially going into the space where you're trying to now produce things or create things. Um, is that the kind of fuel that allows for even more creativity and more production? Absolutely. You will, you know, if you are an artist who is competitive and constantly watching what other people are doing, it's so unhealthy. Mm. It could drive you, yes, on a certain level, but there is something so rewarding about reaching out to people and telling them they're doing a great job. You are feeding an industry that is thriving by supporting other artists. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, collectively, we are creating things that represent an entire industry. Yeah. And that needs encouragement and that needs support. You want your peers to put out good stuff. You want the whole to be recognized for making great content. You want people outside of India to look and go, wow, they are doing some great work. Like we look at, I look at Hollywood and I think, Jesus, they're doing insane work. Is there a show that they are putting out in the web space that isn't great? Yeah. Collectively as an industry, they're doing so well, you know? And I think that that kind of support 
it's like, you know, when you work for a corporation, you're working together. You've got like 20 floors in an entire building. You may not know everybody that's working there, but you're working together towards something. And I feel like that's the way you need to look at the industry that you're working in, that you're working together towards something. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. We'll take a quick break, but then come back to our conversation with Shibani Darndekar. Stay tuned. Conversation. It's the antidote to apathy and the catalyst for relationships. I'm Abhay Darndekar, and I share conversations with global Indians and South Asians, so everyone can say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. New episodes weekly, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi everyone, this is Sid Sriram, and you're now listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Hi, this is Farhan Akhtar. Hi guys, I'm Ananya Pandey. Hi, this is Madhuri Dixit, and you're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing with Abhay Dandekar. Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Shibani Dandekar. I wonder if that's, you know, so in medicine, we look at that as kind of like this collective mission, right? We're, we're, we all are surround ourselves and we kind of coalesce around this idea of really advancing health outcomes and, and helping people out. And is that harder, you know, perhaps, especially what you're talking about here is in some ways, kind of being ambassadors of an industry and, and being sort of, you know, representing a brand. So, you know, in that way, for you as a brand ambassador, or uh, even in, in, in modeling, or, or being a spokesperson or an anchor, or in the hosting space, or even in the production space, you know, in, at the end of the day, aside from the products that you might be, you know, sharing, you know, what ideas are you are you selling or being an ambassador of and and in that way kind of what makes you entrustable by those around you to to share those ideas in the first place well i mean look i think that when you are in this business it's it's depending on what your trajectory is and depending on what your journey is you change so quickly yeah Right. And I think it's important to understand that while we are maybe changing some lives, you know, with the kind of work that we create and the content that we put out there and with the art that we kind of put out there. And I think it's important to really understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're impacting lives when people are watching what you create. And ultimately, what, what is important? Is the process of making art important or is the rest of it important? Mm. You know, like, so I, I, I feel as though with, with your peers in this industry, um, understanding that you're on this journey in a sense together, yeah. but at different times is really important because you all contribute to what is ultimately left there when we're all gone. Does that, is it important to have those peers around you. I mean, as a doctor, I feel like I have this unspoken kinship with other doctors who are out there because they can relate to what I'm going through. Is it the same thing for the peers who are, are in the same space and trying to, in fact, create different pieces uh, of what their version of their ambassadorship um, is in the industry? I think it's important to try I don't always know that a lot of it is real, yeah. you know, but I, I would like to think that whenever I am messaging people and whenever I'm reaching out to them and whenever I'm talking to them about things, it's not just because you're successful mm -hmm. and that you gravitate towards whoever's like doing well at the time. You want to reach out to people that are working. When you watch, you might not be the most successful at the moment. You might not be the most famous. You might not be doing the most work. But if you're doing something great and I see it and I messaged two people yesterday that I've watched something that they've done and I think they're amazing yeah. and I let them know that and I don't even know one of them that right. well. Right. I met him once, you know, um, and he was 
just his response to my message just made me feel like this is right. This is the right thing to do. This is support that you need. Um, And I feel like it's important also not to just have these very on the surface relationships where you're reaching out to someone just because they're doing well right now. Yeah. And if they're not tomorrow, then maybe you won't. Right. Yeah. You've got, I feel like keep it real, be supportive. Um, because you know what that support means. Because yeah. if you had it, how great would it feel? Like you want someone to reach out to you when you've done something good just to let you know, hey, I've seen it. And that's, it's great. You know? Um, well, and, and you know, there's this perception sometimes that artists, because they are so self-critical and they may not necessarily get the kind of meaningful, purposeful reinforcement of their, uh, and affirmation of their work, that it can be a very lonely, um, you know, space to be in simply because mm-hmm. you don't have that kind of relatability and that really meaningful relationship development. And, and sounds like what you're talking about really goes a long way to, to preventing that. Yeah. And look, it's not like other, it's not like other industries where maybe you're working nine to five and your job is being in a specific place every day. And then you're gradually growing or quickly growing within that same company, right? Or, you know, maybe you leave the company and you go to another one and you get a better job. But for the most part, you're in in, in the same place for quite a while. Whereas in this business, you could be working solid for eight months and there could be silence for a year. Right. You never know. And your success is so dependent on did that project do well or did it not? Yeah. Because you could have given an incredible performance, but if the movie or the TV show didn't do well, how does that work for you as an individual artist? And so you have so many of these ups and downs that that's even more reason why this support is important because we're all going through it together. We're all living the same kind of journey in different ways, but it's the same pattern. You know how it feels. You know what it's like to go through it. You know what it's like to have those months that are quiet. You know what it's like to suddenly be busy for a year. You know what it's like to suddenly be so popular for a year. Yeah. So you know it and you have to accept the different spaces when they happen. And in you, part of the job is when you are, in a sense, unemployed for a year, how yeah. do you handle that? Right. How do you have around you that understand that and are there for you when you're suddenly successful? in like two months and you're the most popular person in the industry, how do you handle that? How do well, the people around? And, and because, you know, so much of what we're motivated by is, are we having fun, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if, if we're not constantly reaffirmed by that, then perhaps at least if you have other peers or companions who you're, you're going through it with, then at least it feels like at least there's some elements of fun because you're doing it together at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Look, for me, I, I mean, I grew up playing sport a lot of it in Australia. We were always outside. I love anything that is team related, whether yeah. it's the industry as a whole being one team, whether it's specific teams working on different projects. I love a team environment. Yeah. Um, individual artist. I love having my team around me. I love creating a team with other women in the industry that are doing great work and being, uh, you know, some sort of like support system and randomly reaching out and saying, Hey, you're doing amazing. I don't think that 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 takes much. I don't think that it's something that I do. um, It's something that I definitely do consciously because I want them to know how I feel about it. Right. And I love the idea of team. I feel like it's something that can be so much fun, you know, when you're there and you're in it together. Let me ask you this. You've been a very versatile performer. You've had success in it in a number of different areas. Are there now going forward styles or modes of creativity or art as a, as a performer that you're not only still learning, but you're really poised to embark on new avenues of success now? Tell me a little bit about what's, what's coming up for you and, and some of the things that you're learning and you're, you're starting to perfect. So I have um, my partners, my two partners and I are 
we've just created a production house where we will be putting out fiction shows, web shows, um, which we are creating. And I think that that's a completely new space for me to navigate because it's not something that I've done before. But as I mentioned earlier, I have possibly the best mentor at home to help guide me with this. Um, but I mean, you can ask for a better person to kind of help you on this path. Um, and I, I think the exciting thing for me is just to watch, to take like, a you know, we come up with one or two ideas and then to kind of watch them grow mm. and work every stage of it until it becomes like a full-fledged show, which you then pitch to a platform. And then once a platform accepts it, how you go through the journey of actually creating the show and putting it together and everything that's involved is so fulfilling and so exciting for me. Um, also just not being in front of the camera, being behind the camera <laughs> is something completely different. Don't need to do full hair and makeup for it, which I love. Best news ever. Um, you can, you also, can just show up in your pajamas. and Which I generally do. Right, you right. Know, people that know me know that I am a show up in the baggiest clothes <laughs> ever. Oh, um, which is great. Can't do that in front of the camera. There you but go. the thing is, really enjoyable and it's really fulfilling. And it's something that's so new. I feel like I want to absorb as much as I can. Um, I feel like I can be good at this if I really put my head down and, and learn as much as I can. And I'm saying learn because I don't know anything about it right now. Everything that I'm doing, I am learning every step of the way. So it's all new. Do you think that that's also a major contributor to more longevity in this business where you're now taking something that's new and exciting but learning it and perfecting it and then making it a bridge to the next thing for you to learn. Absolutely. I mean, I recall moments where I was in front of the camera and not to sound completely ungrateful because I'm not, but when you're on autopilot, sometimes doing your hosting work and you think I can just do this with my eyes closed. Am I even here? Am I even physically present right now? Or am I just doing what I need to do? And then I leave. I want to be excited. Mm. I want to learn. I want to be challenged. And I think the challenge part of it is the most important because it's what drives you. It's what makes you feel alive. Like you are really putting yourself out there um, in terms of doing something new, in terms of, you know, just a, a, a completely different side of the industry that you've not really been involved in before. And there's so much to learn. Yeah. You think you know, but there's so much to learn. And Every step of the process is so exciting to me at this point. And I think what makes it even more exciting is that it's mine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because when you're working for other people, you're working for other people. Now this is mine. This is something that I can say that I have created. And there's something so gratifying about that. Mm. You know, whether it does well or not is a, is, a different, is a different conversation. But the fact is that you're pouring your soul into something that ultimately you have created. Um, and I kind of want to be around for the entire process of that to just learn as much as I can about how these things work. Um, so that's really something that I'm looking forward to because I really do want to be a great producer. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. We only have a minute or two left, but I wanted to ask you this. I, I, I've asked this question to others before, and it always is intriguing what, how people answer this. If you think and reflect a little bit about your experiences so far and, and how you've been able to walk in this journey and all the different things that you've learned and all the successes and the challenges you had, you know, if you think about how you, you are selling an idea or creating something, you know, if, if you were imagining a team around you or that process, when you are finished with your work and when you're finished with the product and thinking about the act outcome, when you leave a room of those people now who are left with that product, what, the, what do you want them to say about you? Well, I think ultimately I would like them to be excited about it. I would like them to be, um, you know, when you watch content sometimes, when you watch things in the web space, whether it's from Hollywood or it's Bollywood, and you're left with that feeling of, 
it's like you've just jumped out of your body and watched this piece of art and you're just left astounded by the impact that it has had on you. And you realize that you're just watching TV, but you're not just watching TV because somebody has so incredibly created this beautiful piece of art that now has consumed you and made you feel like inspired. Mm. I mean, I would hope that when you, when I leave a room and leave my work behind, people feel that way. I want that to be the end result when you watch something that I've created. Maybe that'll take a little bit of time since I'm new at it, but I plan on nailing it from the, from the first project itself. I hope I can, because I know what that feels like when I watch other people's work and I'm just left speechless and I can't think or focus on anything else because I'm just so consumed by it. That's the goal. That's what you want people to walk away with. You want it to impact them that much. Ultimately, when you can connect with the audience and more so with your team, because your team has to then execute it and, and feel everything that you are feeling and everything that they're feeling now and be able to translate that into something that can kind of connect with the, audi the larger audience. Yeah. So you want them now. It, it shouldn't just be, okay, this is the job that we have to do today. Right. Right. It's not just the job. Not just the job. Yeah. You're so touched by not just the effort that is being put into this, but when you see the result, you're just like, wow. Like you have poured your, the last 18 months of your life, literally your life into this. And it shows, mm. you know, team that's working on it is excited and, and because they believe in it. I think that's the most important thing that if your team can believe in something, then you've already got a winner. Then it's just down to the execution. But um, yeah, I would want, I would, I want the work that I do to impact people in a positive way. Like I want them to feel something, whatever it may be, whatever that particular show or movie is supposed to, however it's supposed to make you feel, I want that takeaway to be something that is important because I know what it feels like to have that feeling and it's just incredible. Shibani, I, you know, first off, I always love catching up with you. I feel like we could talk for hours. Yeah, um, we could, I could. <laughs> yeah. And, and more importantly, I can, I can tell, and I know that those around you can tell that whatever you're doing, you're pouring your heart and soul into it. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you come back and visit with us soon. Of course, I would love to. I need to see my, my family in uh, America. I've seen my family in India during the lockdown, but it, I think it's time for the American crew to either come here or for us to come there. And on that note, thanks to everybody for listening. For anybody traveling out there, please do it safely, paying attention to masks and distance as we're still seeing spikes again globally. I wanna thank Tyson for graciously loaning my cousin to chat with me for this episode. Happy spring to everybody, and I'm looking forward to the next 25 episodes of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing.